Amen. So today we're going to be talking about look at this mess. That's the, that's the title of today's message is look at this mess. Okay. If you've ever been in a situation similar to Hagar, where you kind of find yourself someone and somewhere and, and things are going out of control, not the way you thought, not the way you planned, not the way anyone else planned. And you sit there and you look at yourself and you say, look, look at this mess that I find myself in. Uh, I don't know if anybody can witness to that, or maybe you, you've been in a situation like that. You might even be in a situation like that right now. Uh, uh, but you're in a situation where you say, look, at this mess, the mess that I have found myself in. Let's jump right back into Genesis chapter 16, verse one. We're going to start there. We're going to pull some stuff out from the story of Hagar here in Genesis 16 uh, and pull some lessons out as we read this entire chapter. It doesn't have a lot of verses. And so we'll read through it and we'll pull this. Uh, <laughs> Ma says she's done. She's done already because we find ourselves in those situations, right? We find ourselves in a situation just like Hagar. And I'm telling you, the more we read this story, you're going to find out that we find ourselves in situations like Hagar more um, than, uh, than, than, than we don't. Um, and that there's a lot of things that are comparable. And so, yeah, so, so again, the title of this uh, today is look at this, look at this mess, look at this mess. Now, Sarah, uh, Abraham's wife, Wife, uh, Sarai, it's before all the name changes, but Sarai, Abram's wife, had not been able to bear children for him. This is verse one, Genesis chapter, uh, chapter 16, verse one. She had not been able to bear children for him. Watch this. But she had an Egyptian servant named Hagar. So Sarai said to Abram, the Lord has prevented me from having children. Go and sleep with my servant. Perhaps I can have children through her. And Abram agreed with Sarah's proposal. No fight from Abram on this one, right? He didn't fight about that. He said, okay, that's fine. I'll do whatever you say. So Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar, the Egyptian servant, and gave her to Abram as a wife. This happened 10 years after Abram had settled in the land of Canaan. So Abram had sexual relations with Hagar, I'm reading from NLT, uh, and she became pregnant. But when Hagar knew she was pregnant, she began to treat her mistress, Sarah, with contempt. Okay, so let's stop right there and pull some lessons out of here. Point number one, this is so funny, um, uh, uh, that it's interesting uh, how people, watch this, how people will try to pull you into their mess. Okay, listen. This is something going on with Abram and and, and Sarai. This ain't got nothing to do with Hagar. But what they ended up doing was pulling Hagar into this. This isn't Hagar's issue. Watch this. And the plan, I see you, Ma. And the plan that they had come up, it wasn't even Hagar's plan. It was their issue. It was their plan. It was their dilemma. It was was something that they came up with. It was how they were going to try to fix everything. And they end up trying to pull her into it. They dragged her into this. And every now and again, people will try to do the same thing to you. Point number one this morning is don't allow people to pull you into their drama. Don't allow people to pull you into their negativity, into watch this, into their disobedience, into their unbelief, into their plans. It's okay to say, no, I'm not with you. No, I am not with that. I'm not going to participate in this. You on your own on this one because people will try their best from time to time to pull you into their situations. I don't know what it is about being in a mess and then sometimes people want you to join their mess. I guess it goes in that whole thing like the more the merrier or something that, or 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 um, uh, the more the merrier or, uh, you know, misery loves company or whatever it is. But here we find Hagar in a situation where she's pulled into someone else's mess. Again, point number one, please do not allow people to pull you into their drama, into their negativity, into their unbelief, into their plans. Watch this. 
And here are some ways we go about doing that. I see you, Ma, is that we have to be careful about the folks who are close to us. You ever been, listen, you ever been, that's right, Ma, just say no. You ever been around people or know someone where everything has to be about drama and everything has to be a conflict and everything has to be a mess. And it's like, be careful not allow those folks too close to you because what will end up happening eventually is they try to pull you into that drama, into that hurricane, into that mess. Be careful with the stuff that you choose to go along with. Listen, the relationship dynamic back in the day was a little different where Hagar was a slave. And so I don't know exactly the, the and the Bible's not clear as far as her freedom to say yes and no or to do whatever it is. But she, she went along with it. But now we're in different times where you don't have to go along with every single thing that someone says they want you to do just because they are a family member or just because they are a close friend. Watch this. And we're going to see this in, in, in one of the other points, just because they may be a quote unquote spiritual person or spiritual leader. You do not have to go along with the stuff that they come up with. I see you see. Yep, you got to watch the company that you keep. Listen, it's their mess and their plan, but Hagar went along with it, okay? Be careful about the folks that you allow close to you. Do not allow them to pull you into their mess. Do not allow them to pull you into their drama. Watch this and be careful about what you go along with because the minute you start to say, I'm gonna go along with it, now it's on you. Come on, somebody, because see, now Hagar can sit there and blame them all she wants to, but you went along with it, okay? So we want to be careful about those who are close to us, those who are close in that circle. I see you, Charmaine. Close, uh, be careful about the stuff that we choose to go along with and be careful to not allow people to put to drag us into their stuff. This is yours. This ain't mine. I can help you, but it ain't mine. Okay. Now let's 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 uh, let's keep moving. Actually, there's another point there. Now watch this. Uh, uh, point number two. Watch this. Is that no one is perfect. Okay. Nope. Not even Crystal. Crystal sitting there got the fresh got the fresh haircut. Fresh. Even look, Crystal is not perfect. Watch this. Righteous people find themselves in a mess from time to time. Yes. People who are saved, sanctified, speaking tongues feeding the homeless, doing all the stuff at St. Anne's, all the impact people. No one is perfect. Uh, and even righteous people find themselves uh, in a mess from time to time. Watch this. Not just the mess that someone else drug us to, because that was point number one. But sometimes we find ourselves in a mess that we created. Sometimes we, sometimes we find ourselves in a financial mess. Nobody put us in there. We created that mess. Sometimes we find ourselves in relationships mess. And nobody put us in that mess. We put ourselves in that mess. And, and that doesn't mean that, that we're not saved. It doesn't mean we don't have faith. It doesn't mean that God doesn't love us. It just means that I put myself into this mess. I created this mess. Watch this. Y'all got to see something here about Abraham that's going to bet that, that I think may blow your minds. Watch this. Genesis 15, 5 through 6. Because remember, we're in Genesis 16. Look previously at Genesis 15, 5 through 6. It says, Then the Lord took Abram outside and said to him, Look up into the sky and count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you will have. Watch this. And Abram believed the Lord, and the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. Here's Abraham. Here's Abram being counted as faithful. I mean, as righteous because of his faith. Yet we see him in the very next chapter. Watch this. Agreeing to do something that was not sanctioned by God. I'm trying to tell you that every night. But it doesn't mean that Abraham wasn't righteous. Okay. Abram was righteous. God saw him as righteous because of his faith, but even righteous people will find themselves in a mess from time to time, a mess that they created, okay? A mess that they created. And every now and again, there's this temptation to point fingers and to blame people and all this other kind of stuff, as opposed to taking responsibility and saying, yes, I'm the righteousness of God. Yes, God has favor on me. Yes, all this other kind of stuff that we like to do and shout and, 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 and stuff about in church. And then also say, but I also, I see you see here, but to say, I also created this mess. This is a mess that I created. Okay, here we go. 
And, 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 and again, that doesn't mean that you're not righteous. Look, 2 Corinthians 5.21, we talk about this scripture all the time. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for who? For us, that we might become the righteousness of God. And so, yes, you are the righteousness of God, but even the folks who are righteous, even the ones who have considered righteous, listen to me, have found themselves in a in a, in a mess that they created. I see you, Micah, me too. I, I see you, Micah, I, I see you, parent. See, I love that. And everybody's talking about, I was messy, I was messy. Go ahead and include me in that too. I was messy, I was messy the same. I'm right with y'all. Y'all not by yourselves on this call. I'm right with you. I was with you, Micah, and, and, and parent. I made, a, I'm, I'm, I made a mess and still at from time to time, Time right now, make a mess of my life and find myself in situations where, where, where I'm the one who created that mess. Okay, let's keep reading. Verse, verse, verse uh, four through six. Here we go. In the life of Hagar, we're finding ourselves. Um, so so uh, what was point number one? Point number one was please do not allow other people to drag you into their mess. Okay. Point number two was no one is perfect, that even righteous people find themselves in a mess from time to time. Okay. Verse four, let's keep reading. We're Genesis 16. I'm reading from the NLT. So Abram had sexual relations with Hagar, right? It says, and she became pregnant. But when Hagar knew she was pregnant, she began to mistreat her mistress, Sarah, with contempt. It says, then Sarah, uh, uh, Sarah says to Abram, this is all your fault. I put my servant into your arms, but now that she's pregnant, she treats me with contempt. The Lord will show uh, the Lord will show who's wrong between you and me. Then Abram looked at her and said, she's your servant. So deal with her as you see fit. Then Sarai treated Hagar so harshly that she ran away. Watch this. Isn't it funny how we make these decisions? We make these plans. We pull people in. We get pulled in. We've got all this stuff going on. And then things don't work out the way we thought. And then we start turning on the same people who were with us when we were plotting this mess. Come on, somebody. I see you, Perrin. You already see the, you already see the, the craziness going on here. And so they come up with this plan that was wrong to begin with. They step outside the will of God. They pull Hagar into it. Hagar agrees to go along with with this stuff. And now that nothing's working out the way that they planned it, now they all turning on each other. I thought we were dogs. I thought we was all in this together. I'm just doing, Hagar, I'm just doing what you told me to do. And now Hagar's looking at Sarah with content because she's pregnant, but she can't get pregnant. So now she's looking down on her and then Sarah's mad because she's doing that. And then she goes to Abraham and Abraham's like, no, nah, she was, why does it look? Hagar starts acting funny towards Sarah. I see you, mom. She starts acting funny towards her. So then Sarah then goes blame Abraham for the way that she's being treated by Hagar. And then Abraham, absolves himself of all responsibility and say, well, she's your servant. Do with her however you want. So then Sarai starts mistreating Hagar and then Hagar leaves. This is a mess. Come on, y'all. Hey, listen, have you ever have you ever been in a situation where you're in a mess too and you're trying to explain it to somebody and it's just one thing after the next, after the next, after the next. And then as you're explaining it, you're like, how in the world did I find myself in this? I see you, Charmaine. It is foolishness. That's right, parent. A whole mess. You find yourself trying to, and you're trying to explain to people what happened. You say, well, this happened and that. And then I said this, and then she said that. Well, then he did this. And then he said that. And well, then I try to tell them this. And then she's, and it's a big mess, a huge mess. Come on, y'all. And so we've got all this stuff going on, which leads us to point number three. Watch this. When we step outside the will of God, that's why my gets worse. Watch this. When we step outside the will of God, you can 100% expect things to go sideways. Listen, how else do they think this is going to end up? Like, how in the world do you rationalize in your mind? Well, I can't have a baby. And so I'm going to get my husband to sleep with my servant, my servant to get pregnant. And then, and then Abraham, okay, yeah, let's do it. Hey, God goes along with it. And now you think that's going to work out perfect? 
How in the world? But we come up with these. We come up with these schemes. We come up with these plans. We come up with things in the way that we want to do it. And then, and then, and then, when the mess comes, we act like we're surprised. It was a mess to start. And you can listen. You can sit here and say, you know, and you could always hit the pause button and say, you know what? This is a mess. Let's not make it messier. But I don't know what it is about our mindset. Sometimes we're in a mess. We just continue to do things that makes it even more messy. Why don't we stop the mess when we first recognize it's a mess? I have no clue. I see you laughing, Crystal. We just want to continue on and it gets messier and messier and messier. Proverbs 14, 12. Watch this. Proverbs 14, 12 says, there's a way that seems right. That's right, Mom. That's from the again. I'm trying to tell the truth. I see, uh, I see, I see you, Mom. Watch this. Proverbs 14, 12 says, there's a way that seems right to a man. Watch this. Sometimes we step outside of God's will, but sometimes we think we're actually trying to do the right thing, something that makes sense to us. It says, there's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, it is the way of death that I thought that I was trying to do right, or I'm just trying to fix the situation. I'm trying to do the best that I can. But no, 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 no. Anytime we step outside the will of God, we have to understand that things are going to go sideways, that there's a way that may seem right seem right to me, but the end of that way is always going to be death. Watch this. Proverbs 19, 21 says that there are many devices uh, in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the counsel of the Lord is what will stand. Some versions say that many are the plans in a man's heart. Uh, that was King James Version that said many are the devices in a man's heart. That while I can have all these plans, all these devices, all these strategies, all the stuff that I'm trying to do, that it is ultimately the will of God that is going to prevail and the purpose of God is going to prevail. So why waste my time planning? Why waste my time making a mess of things? Why not just figure out what the will of God is and move when God says move and watch this move how God says move? Point number three, when we step outside the will of God, we can expect things to go sideways. I'm going to review these points. Point number one, don't allow people to pull you into their drama, their negativity, their disobedience, their plans, the way Abram and Sarai pulled Hagar in. Don't allow them to do it. Point number two, no one is perfect. Even righteous people find themselves in a mess from time to time. Point number three was when we step outside the will of God, that we can expect things to go sideways. Let's pick up at verse six through 17. We're in Genesis 13. Watch this. It says, Abram replied, look, she's your servant. So deal with her as you see fit. Then Sarai treated Hagar so harshly that she finally ran away. Then verse number seven, I, I see, I see you, Mike. I mean, we must do things that way. Verse seven, the angel of the Lord found Hagar beside a spring of water in the wilderness along the road to Shur. Now let's pause right there, right? Uh, uh, this is where things start to turn around. Watch this for Hagar. Uh, the Bible says that the spirit of the Lord found Hagar, right? Point number four, you cannot hide from God. He will find you. Okay. Point number you can't you cannot hide from God. It doesn't matter how now. What's funny is is that now we understand that physically we know we can't run from God. I can't I can't leave Maryland and think if I go move to Tennessee or if I move to Paris. If or if I move to Saudi Arabia, that all of a sudden I'm going to be hiding from God. We know physically we can, but more importantly, we have to understand that inwardly we cannot hide from God. That listen, I can be mad, I can be upset, I can be afraid, I can stop praying, I can stop reading my Bible, I can stop going to church, I can act like I stopped caring, I can stop doing all that stuff, and that still doesn't mean that I am hiding from God. He is still there and he still sees me. And watch this, and just like he found Hagar, he will what? He will find you and he will find me. I cannot hide from God. He will find me. That's point number four. Point number five, watch this. I got a lot of points today, y'all. Well, maybe like eight. I don't know exactly how many they are, but I'll, I'll come up with them as a reader. But, uh, point number five, watch this. No matter how far we feel, 
Come on. No matter how far we feel, we are not beyond God's reach. That's good news about God finding us, that even whether we're mad or even if we just feel like we're far away and we feel like God is not with us and we feel like God is not seeing or he does not care, that we are not beyond God's reach. I see you see here that he that he still found Hagar. Let me tell you, listen, this is where this mess got Hagar. This is what she did. She was pregnant. She left. So she's pregnant. And the spirit of the Lord, watch this, found her near a well on the side of the road while she's headed to Sir. right? That is a where am I and what am I doing situation. Sometimes you find yourself and you're trying to, listen, you're trying to make the best of it. And then you find yourself just like her, maybe not literally, but figuratively feeling like you're on the side of the, of the road all by yourself trying to get to sure because she felt like she could get help there in Egypt. So she's trying to get to somewhere where she could get some help. And she's on the side of the road near a well and she's pregnant and she's all by herself. Come on, y'all. And that's exactly where the spirit of the Lord found her when she was in her where am I and what am I doing situation. As a matter of fact, the, the spirit of the Lord asked her, it, it said, said uh, uh, where have you come from and what are you and where are you going? Like, what are you doing here? Watch this. That situation is a the, if you can you can relate to it. If you ever find yourself in a in a my life is falling apart situation where it seems like everything is just snowballing out of control, whether it's financially, sometimes it's relationship stuff, sometimes it's work. I mean, whatever it is, it's like sometimes it's just inner turmoil within your mind or within your heart and nothing seems to be getting better. And so my life is falling apart situation. And if you're in that situation or you ever been in that situation, you have to understand that God can and that God will find you. Okay. You may feel like you're alone and feel like you're lost and you're trying to get on the right track. God will find you. And watch this. I'll even go so far. I see you see here. Watch this. I'll even go so far as to say that God already found you. Come on. That it's not that God will find you, that God has already found you and that he never left you. Watch this. It's just your awareness that he's already there. I see you, Micah. Clap those hands, Micah. That listen, that he's already found you and that he never left you. That he doesn't have to find you. He already found you and he knows where you are. It's just your awareness that he is with you and that he, that's why I see here and that he's here. You've been reading my notes. I'm getting it. He sees just the next point. And so, um, uh, 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 that he, but it's our awareness that he is with me and that he found me that yes, I'm at this well. And yes, I am pregnant, still dealing with, still, watch this. He found her and she was still dealing with the mess. She's running. She's all alone. I see you, Tanya. She's running. She's all alone. She's trying to get to where she can find some help. Uh, and, and then, and then what happens? And she's still dealing with the mess. And there the spirit of God found her right there, that God has already found you. You are not lost. You are not beyond his reach. And that, and, 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 and we just need to build an awareness. Watch this, that he has already found us. Let's go to verse eight. Let's go to verse eight. And then we'll release, release some of these points. Watch this verse eight. Then the angel said to her, uh, Hagar, Sarai's servant, where have you come from and where are you going? She says, uh, I'm gonna go eight, eight through nine. I am running away from my mistress, uh, uh, Sarai, she said. Then the angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress. This sounds like bad advice. Watch this, return, <laughs> return to your mistress and submit to her authority, okay? So he tells her, return to your mistress, return to the place of drama, return to this place that, that where you ran from and, 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 said, and, sub, and, and submit to her authority. This is what the angel of the Lord said. He didn't say, I'm going to bring a cloud. I'm going to pick you up and I'm going to take you to a faraway place where everything's going to be blue skies and sunshine. No, no, no. He says, go back. Okay. So she explains what's going on and why she left. And, and then he, the spirit still tells her uh, to go back. Watch this. This is point number six. Sometimes the answer is to remove yourself 
But there are other times where the answer is to stand still and not to go anywhere. See, we are fine with the answer when it's like, go, remove. And and you got to understand, there are times when the Spirit of the Lord does say, go, and does say, remove yourself, and does say, it's time for a new beginning. It's time to restart. This does not mean that every single situation where there's this drama and this negativity and there's this abuse and all this other kind of stuff that you just need to stay, stay, stay. No, the point is, is that there are times where you need to stay. I mean, times where you need to remove yourself and times when you need to go, but there are also times where you need to stand still and not remove yourself. We get so used to removing ourselves out of any situation that that, that's why I stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. There are so many times when we feel like we have to, something gets uncomfortable or something is wrong. Say, I got to go. I got to go. And so we get in this habit of running and leaving, whether it's a job or anything. We run and we leave anytime something gets uncomfortable or anytime we're offended or anytime we're in a mess, whether we created the mess or not. And, and, And that doesn't mean that you stay. It just means that sometimes the Lord will tell you to stay. Watch this. And so the question is, and I, I, I can see Kristen are like, well, how do you know, Rick, when it's time? I can see you're going to send the, the, the question out. Watch this. Well, how do you know when you should leave or not? The same way that Hagar knew it was that she shouldn't have left because the spirit of the Lord told her. So we, y'all know how we go at impact. The pastor, I am not the end all. I am not the, I am not the end all be all. I am not God. I can't tell you every single, this is why we talk about it is important for every single person on this call. I'm talking about Charmaine, to Tanya, the parent, to Micah, to, to Denise. It is important for everyone to have your own personal relationship with God because you come to me and, and, and there are times where God will tell me, well, this is what I think the spirit is saying to you. But, but, but believe you me that God, that God wants a personal relationship with you. Well, he will instruct you and tell you it is time for you to pick up and go. It is time for you to remove yourself from this. But then there are times where God will tell you, nope, you need to stay here a little longer. I'm not done with you here or it's not for you to leave. But you got to hear that from him. Okay, and, and I'm telling you, it's so funny because we teach this stuff. And for the last three weeks, I've been hearing these preachers say this stuff. And Sierra uh, uh, texted me the other day. She was watching T.D. Jakes and T.D. Jakes was saying the same thing, that it is time for you to stop calling me. It's time for you to stop emailing me. I can't keep spoon feeding people. It is time for you to hear from God. And Impact's been on that. That's right. The spirit of the Lord will tell you. Impact's been on that, that it is not that the pastor isn't isn't your intermediary between between God and you. There is there is only one uh, uh intercessor and one one not intercessor one mediator between God and man and that's Jesus Christ you don't have to come to me to figure out what God is trying to tell you whether it's time to go or stay or whether it's time to leave or whatever no 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 God will tell you you just have to get into it listen God didn't find someone else to say hey go tell Hagar God went to Hagar and told Hagar. That's why he's Christian. Somebody wants us to stay and build our character so we can become more like him. That's, and that's his whole purpose, to conform us to the image of Christ. You're absolutely right, Crystal. And if the God didn't go to someone else. The Spirit of the Lord didn't go to someone else to, to, to get to Hagar. The Spirit of the Lord went to Hagar. Okay, and so we so so how do we know when when we should leave or not, or, or whether we should stay still, remove ourselves? The Spirit of the Lord will tell you. Get your relationship with Him, and He will tell you. Let's pick up at verse ten. Now, then he added, he says, I will give you more descendants than you can count. This sounds like what he told Abraham, right? I see you, Micah. He says, and the angel said, uh, you are now pregnant and will give birth to a son. You shall name him Ishmael, which means God hears, for the Lord has heard the cry of your distress. Point number seven, you already know what it is, is that God hears you. He hears your cries of, dist- of distress. The angel of the Lord wanted to remind her that God 
hears you and you're going to name this child. Watch this. The same. Watch. Oh, come on. I didn't. The Holy Spirit just told me the same thing that's causing this mess. You're going to name this. God hears me because your God showing up in the middle of your mess is a reminder that he hears you even in the middle of the mess. And so the baby that is inside of you that is causing this mess, the whole thing that is causing the mess right now, we're going to name it that God hears you. And so even when you think back or even look at the mess, you won't even look at Ishmael as mess, you're going to look at Ishmael as a message that God hears you, as a reminder that he hears you. The same thing that everybody, listen, this is not on my notes. I'm trying to tell you how the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Tell me right now that the same thing that you call a mess, I see you, Charmaine, I see you, parent, I see you, that the same thing you call a mess, the same thing that you consider a mess, the same thing that got you into a mess will, will now remind you that God does hear you in your distress. Come on, y'all. That when it seems like no one else hears you, God does. When everyone else looks at something and thinks that it's a mess, that you say, no, 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 that's not a mess. That's that's a reminder that God hears me. And he said, what you're going to name this baby is Ishmael. You're going to name it that God hears you. Come on, somebody. And so what God is, sometimes you got to take a situation and the Holy Spirit is going to remind you and you rename that thing. And you don't, you don't, you don't call it a mess. You don't call it anything other than the fact that this was the moment when God launched me into something else. Or this was the moment when God reminded me that he hears me. This is the moment where the Holy Spirit was stirred up inside of me. And I said, I'm not taking this anymore. Or I'm changing this in my life. Or I'm letting the Holy Spirit do his work in this point that you rename it. And it becomes a moment where God used it for this. And he used it to to remind Hagar that God hears her, right? The righteous cry out. This is Psalms 34, 17. Watch this, y'all. Psalms 34, 17. The righteous cry out and the Lord hears them, watch this, and delivers them from all their trouble. Who knew that her deliverance from her trouble was to go back to the trouble? Come on, somebody, that the deliverance from the drama and the mess was to stay in it. Come on, that's where the deliverance was. And to and, and to rename this, that it is not the mess. Come on, that it is your reminder that I hear you. Oh, yeah, this is not even in the notes that this is the Holy Spirit. I'm trying to tell you the Holy Spirit is preaching right now. Here we go. Let's go verse, verse, verse 12 through 14. I see you, Ma. I see you, see. Let's keep going. Verse 12, verse 12. Unless y'all want me to stop, it's 1030. No, it's fine. I'm not going to stop. Um, <laughs> he says, saw Crystal's face. I'm not going to stop. Here we go. Verse 12. He says, this uh, through 14, says, this son of yours will be a wild, uh, a wild man, untamed as a wild donkey. He will raise his fist uh, against everyone and everyone um, will be against him. Yes, he will live uh, in open hostility towards, uh, against all his relatives. Now, let me, now, let me, let me say this. Um, uh, 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 watch it. <laughs> Shot made funny. Um, uh, let me just say this: that that this is I don't. Th- th- we can cover this in, in Bible study and stuff, but I don't. I, I, and, and, I, and I can show you what I mean. But I don't believe this is the Spirit of the Lord speaking this into Ishmael's life more so than him foretelling what will happen with the descendants and how they'll be against the Israelites for, you know, for, um, and, and against everyone else. So I don't, I don't think that it has anything to do with him saying like God saying, okay, I'm going to make Ishmael this and make him do this more so than the spirit foretelling what's going to happen, um, in, uh, in the future. But we'll get into that when we, when we do a deeper Bible study into this and kind of the theology as far as, um, providence and, and, and things like that. Uh, verse 13, 
because uh, you can read that and think, well, why would God bless her with a kid that's going to ultimately, you know, be as well? But that's that's so we but we'll get we'll, we'll get into that. Um, uh, uh, here we go. Verse 13. Thereafter, watch this. Watch this. Thereafter, Hagar used another name to refer to the Lord who had spoken to her. She said, you are the God who sees me. She also said, I have truly seen the one who sees me. So that well shall be named Be'er Lahai Roi, which means well of the living one who sees me. Okay. And so we'll, watch this. We'll stop. No, no, we'll keep going. And it still can be found between Kadesh and uh, uh, Bered. So Hagar gave Abram a son and Abram named him Ishmael. Watch this. Why does it say Abram named him Ishmael? Come on, somebody, when the spirit of the Lord said you are to name him Ishmael, it was the Holy Spirit working even in that situation. He, he gave her the name before Abram even named him Ishmael, said he's going to be named Ishmael. She says you are to do that. But it was, watch this. But she went back. The reason he was named Ishmael is because she was obedient and went back. And then Abraham named him Ishmael. She didn't name him, although the spirit, but it was based on her faith and her, watch this, and her obedience to go back. And then Abraham uh, uh, named him Ishmael too. To, to confirm the prophecy. That's why I say he was more so foretelling as far as the relationship with uh, Israel and stuff. But watch this. And Abram, uh, 86 years old, when Ishmael was born. That's point number eight. Watch this, y'all, when she renamed it. She says, uh, 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 she renamed, it's re- referred to the Lord who had spoken to her. She said, you are the God who sees me. And so it says that she renamed that. Watch this. Point number eight is that God sees you. I swear to goodness, if you like Sierra read my notes. Did you sneak down in the basement and start reading my notes? Watch it. He says, he says, God sees you. That's point number eight, right? He is not blind to your situation. He is not blind to your dilemma. He sees you. Watch this. And the people that you that you're praying for, and the people that you've been praying all night in these situations, like sometimes it's not even us, it's other people. You may need to be reminded right now that those people who are on your prayer list, that you're praying for them and God sees them. That God sees your prayer, He hears your prayers, He sees you praying for them, and and, and that He sees sees them and he's aware of their situation. Watch this. Watch this. Not only did he see her, she is now at the point, like we talked about earlier, where she recognizes that he sees her. She says, now I see the one who sees me. Come on, somebody that I know that I know that I know that he sees me. And now I know that. Now watch this. That's why she was able to go back to that drama. That's why she was able to go back to the mess. That's why she was able to go back to Abram and Sarai. Watch this because and deal with that crazy situation because she now had confidence that he heard her and that he saw her because he always did because she cried out in her distress and he said he heard you in your distress he always been there he saw if, if he didn't know where she was how he know to find her at the well on the side of the road because he always saw her it was the fact that she needed to be reminded that he heard her and she needed to be reminded that he that he sees her and she says wait a minute I, I, I see that he sees me and that I see him. Now I see the one who sees me. And, and she was able to then go back to that situation with confidence because she was reminded that she sees him. And some of us, that's the wake up call we need this morning. We need to be able to see the one who sees us. And we need, watch this, and we need to be able to hear the one who hears us. Watch this. We're so concerned about making sure that we pray and God hear me, God hear me, God hear me. But are you hearing the one who hears you? The Bible tells us all the time. Where's my Bible? The Bible tells us all the time in here that when we pray, he hears us, that he hears our cry. We read about God hearing our cry. And But but do, do we hear the one who hears us? Is God the one who's doing all the hearing? Do we do any hearing? Do we hear when he gives us these instructions? Do we see him working? God, do you see me? He's like, yes, I see you. Do you see me? 
Do you see the one who sees you? Do you hear the one who hears you? And are you following the instructions of the one who wants to be followed by us? Come on, somebody. I'm going, look, point number one, this was not Hagar's issue. Do please, listen, do, do not, but she went along with it. Do not allow people to pull you into their drama. Do not allow people to pull you into their negativity, their disobedience, and their plans. Do not allow people to do it. Hagar allowed them to pull you, and you find yourself in the middle of a mess that you didn't start, right? Point number two, no one is perfect. Righteous people find themselves in a mess from time to time. We, listen, we just, you just read in, in chapter 15 of Genesis where God counted Abraham's faith as righteous. He's seen as righteous, but he still found himself in a mess. That's a message for me. Here we go. Point number three, when we step outside of God's will, we can expect things to go sideways. There's a way that seems right to man, but the end is the way of death. Point number four, you cannot hide from God. He will find you, okay? You can be mad. You can be upset. And again, we talked about the physical hiding. We know we can't physically hide from God. We conceptually get that. But inwardly, sometimes we try to hide. I ain't praying. I ain't talking to God. I'm mad. No, no, no. You can't hide from God. He's going to find you. And the good news is that even when we try to run, even when I stop praying, I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm not doing this anymore because God's not listening. That even when we do that, or even when we feel like we're far, we're not beyond the reach of God. He knows exactly where we are. Point number six, sometimes the answer is to remove yourself, but there are some times where the answer is not to. You got to ask God that. And you told Sarah, you told Hagar, you go back, you go back to the mess. Uh, and then we hear that God hears us and that God sees us. And, 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 and here's what's crazy. And Sarah started to rename stuff. She renamed the mess. It's going to be Ishmael. Told her, this is what you're going to call it. And then, and then said, here's what I'm going to call it, the God who sees me. Said, I'm going to start, I'm going to call the, 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 the spirit of the Lord that visited me today, the, the God who sees me. And you can start naming this stuff and you name it what God you name it. I thank you for sharing those notes. You can, you can, you can, you can name this thing. Well, God, sometimes you go through a situation and and you don't know how God is going to going to provide something, and it's a big mess. And the next thing you know, He provides it, and you name it. This is my. He is my God who provides. You know, you name that situation. That's my God who pro- don't. <laughs> Who said this? Was that parent talking about Michael Jackson? Somebody said, I couldn't see who it was. It's a, he said, don't stop till you get enough. That's right. Um, and so, and so, and so, and, and so God can take that mess, right? And he sees you. And, and whether it's a mess that you got pulled into or a mess you made yourself, that God can work in that situation and will rename that thing. Watch this. Crystal about to put Romans 8, 28, that God can take that mess and he can make that thing work and will rename it and rename that. And some of us got to spend the rest of this day starting to rename messes. The messes that we find ourselves in, messes we going through, even watch this, even perspective on things in the past. Some people are still haunted by things that had happened to them. And it's because you need to learn how to rename that situation. So then when it starts coming up in your mind and starts coming up in your mess, you need in your mind and start coming up in your heart and you start getting angry about it, it's because you still are calling it what hurts you. And you need to and you so what you need to do is erase that name, stop calling that thing what, what it was when it hurt you, and start calling it something else because yeah, it hurt you, but God allowed you to pull you out of that situation. And so sometimes you can look at it and say, no, no, that wasn't when they hurt me and I left. This is this was the God who pulls me out. Oh, he was the God who pulled me out because that situation was crazy and he pulled me out of it. And so now instead of thinking back on that situation and I think about it with hurt and anger, I actually think about it with happiness because he it was the moment where he changed everything and he pulled me out of it. So I no longer look at that was the situation where they did me wrong. I look at it and I've now renamed it to, to the God who pulls me 
out just in the nick of time before things get bad. Come on, y'all. This is life changing. And so I'm going to sit there and rename this thing. And sometimes y'all may need to spend the rest of your week. You may need to spend the rest of your day renaming things that has happened in the past or even things that you're going through right now. Rename that stuff and start focusing on that. And now watch this. Watch this. And so when you start to encounter things in the present, start, listen, remember that God hears you and that God sees you. And we start encountering things in the future. That God sees you. That God hears you. That God, God, he knows exactly where you are in the mess. And that it is now time to, to, to make sure that before this thing even goes in the back roads of my memory, that before it even goes into my heart and I process it as a hurt, that I'm going to rename this thing before it even settles in my heart. And I'm going to rename this thing before it even gets to the back roads of my mind. So that I don't even have to deal with it as a bad memory because I've already renamed it before it gets there. Come on, somebody. That's it. It's over. I'm done. 